We are in the book of Jude, and we're studying for these days, 2024, the three main principles found in Jude 20 and 21. If you'll remember two weeks ago, we studied that we are to build up our most holy faith. We're to increase that, daily building it up. I've been talking to different people, and and folks are getting back into a regular Bible reading program, a regular study of the Word. Folks are feeling uh, convicted to be in the prayer closet in greater measure, praying routinely, regularly, building up your most holy faith. Secondly, as we studied last week and we experienced, is uh, praying in the Holy Spirit. To pray in all kinds of prayers, but specifically praying in the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues, and uh, in our prayer closet, praying the will of God into the earth through the Spirit of God in our lives. The third part of Jude 20 and 21 is this, keep yourselves in the love of God. Keep yourselves in the love of God, and that's what we're going to look at this morning. Matthew tells us that because of lawlessness being increased, the love of many will grow cold. How many of you know we're in that day and age, right? There's, a little, there's little love for one another anywhere. And uh, we all want tolerance, but it doesn't seem like we want love. And so this love of God that we understand is waxing cold, and it's even waxing cold in the church. We've got to be careful. This is extremely important. The church has got to be careful careful to abide or stay in the love of God because we can get to a place where we're going to get angry at people and we're going to get angry at the lawlessness and it, it, you know there's it's the Bible says be angry but what sin not and we're to abide in the love of God so how do you come against somebody that's calling you an enemy we're to love our enemies we're to abide in the love of God but I don't like what they're doing fine Speak the truth, but how do we speak the truth? In love. This is essential. We must model Jesus Christ, and so we have to abide. The word uh, keep in the love of God, it means to abide, it means to remain, it means to continue in the love of God. Were you a sinner when you were saved? Then you were his enemy. God demonstrated his love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us that's the love of God loving his enemies we were once his enemies and someone I'm telling you you got to get used to it someone pushing hard against you in your family someone coming against you in your neighborhood you know what go after them in the love of God Pour out the love of God after them they're the ones that are getting agitated because the Holy Spirit's doing something inside How many of you know Paul turned up the heat to get those Christians all along the way because something was poking him inside? He was kicking against the ox goad of the Holy Spirit who was calling him to Christ. So many times the people who have the the most rallying against you are those who are on the verge of coming to Christ. So show them the love of God. Amen? Keep in the love of God. Let's remain in the love of God. First John says this, so we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. You can't share the love of God if you don't own it. If you don't know it, you can't give it away. 
So my question to you is, do you know how much God loves you? Do you grasp that? That God died for you. Jesus Christ gave up his life for you. He sought you. So you have to come to know and believe that the love of God, what, that, that God has love for you. Can I see a hand uh, of anybody who knows that God loves them? Okay, good, good, good. I'm inspecting. Because I don't want you to miss out on this glorious love. And so how are we to abide in this love if we don't know it? So you have to know it. Then he goes on and he says this. He defines literally the character, the quality, and the nature of God. God is love. All right? In his nature, he is love. Love has an object of affection. And within the Godhead, there is the Father to the Son, to the Spirit, to the Father. To the Son, to the Spirit, to the Father. There is this dynamic love and adoration within the being and the Godhead that they love is created within their own nature of being. And it is so powerful that it expressed itself out into the physical universe to create an extension of that nature of love and it created all of the universe and mankind and in it we rejected the love but God so loved us he came back for us and invites us into the nature of God. You've been invited into the love of the Father, to the Son, to the Holy Spirit, and we're caught up in that. So whoever abides in love abides in what? God! Do you love somebody? Do you love somebody? Look at even if it's your dog. (laughs) Even if it's your cat. Do you love somebody? Do you know what love is? Now it doesn't, love is not, biblical love is not just an emotional experience. We live in our emotions today. Everything's emotionally based. Biblical love is commitment. Are you committed to someone, to something? Do you know this love? Do you know that God is completely committed to you? He's in covenant with you? If you, if his love abides in you, then God And God abides in him. So God is love. Whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. This love of God is in you. And we need to learn how to understand it. Jesus said this concerning the fruit of the vine. He said, if you'll abide in me, I will abide in you. The branch cannot itself produce fruit unless it abides on the vine. Likewise, you cannot produce fruit unless you, what? Abide in me. The fruit that God wants to produce in this earth is the love of God. We can talk about holiness, we can talk about righteousness, holiness, righteousness, all of that protects the nature of this love. It's to produce a holy love. That's why we separate ourselves from the world. That's why we walk under the dictates of God, so that the love of God is not misrepresented. Are you with me? All of it is to demonstrate the love of God. And so you have to abide in the vine. And you're never going to get fruit You're never going to get the fruit of God's love manifesting in your life if you're not knowing that love from Christ. We have to know Him. 
And if you'll abide in him, he will abide in you. And the fruit that's being produced in your life is going to generate the love of God to others. Amen? The longer I'm in Christ, the more I I know this love. I'm moved by his love in every situation. It's, It's cutting away prejudice. It's cutting away anger. It's cutting away jealousies. It's cutting away everything else because the love of God is maturing me. How about you? Amen? Give me a bigger one. Okay, thank you. I need that. And here's what is wonderfully happening in our lives as believers. According to Paul in Romans, hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been what? Poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. This love of God is being shed abroad, being poured into. That word shed abroad in the King James, that that poured into isn't a trickle. God, in fact, Paul says this, God lavishes his love on us. Is anybody drenched yet? This thing is a fountain that doesn't stop. The love of God. I don't know what you're going through, but your remedy is the love of God. He loves you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Now, there's sometimes you feel cut off emotionally from God. And can I get a witness on that? Anybody feel that way? You know, it's like, you know, I'm not feeling it, Jesus. I'm not feeling it. I don't feel good. <coughs> I'm sick. Uh, my dog bit me. I don't know. My neighbor doesn't like me. I'm having a hard time. I'm just not feeling the love. Does that mean it's not there? No. No. Think of your marriage. Okay, we'll move on from there. (laughs) You may not always feel it, but you made a commitment to each other. You are covenanted together, and this is the key of God's love. It will never, never fail you. His commitment to you. Can we get past the emotional sense of love? Can we get to the devotion of God's love, the commitment to God's love, his commitment to your well-being, that what he began in you, he's able to complete? Can we understand a love that is steadfast and strong, that no matter what you're suffering, God is suffering with you, ministering to you, bringing you through it? There's a fellowship in suffering. There's a koinonia in him ministering to you and you being in that place on your back. Many times some of you found the deepest aspect of God's love when you were in pain. God's not trying to make you some spoiled brat who gets everything you want. He's trying to shape you into the image of Christ who learned obedience through what he suffered. And so this love is being poured into you deeply, wonderfully. It is a perfect love. It is a complete love. John goes on to say this. I find it interesting that most of the definition we're going to get on love is from 1 John or the Gospel of John. John was the beloved, the one that Jesus loved. Wouldn't you like to say that about yourself? All the gospel writers write, and he keeps describing himself as, I'm the one Jesus loved. (laughs) I can imagine Peter, what about me? He loved me. I know, but I'm the one he loved. 
And what was John's name before he was the beloved of Jesus? A son of thunder. Do you remember him and James? They were like, you know, they're not wimpy guys. They're like, take him down. Do you remember they went and, and, and uh, they wanted God to send lightning on the Samaritans, right? Samaritans. Just strike them with lightning. Kill them all. Something happened to this guy. He was literally transformed into the gospel of love because he understood the depth of God's heart. And he says this, there's no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. And what does he mean, perfect love? That word perfect means complete, lacking nothing. God's love lacks nothing. It's not too small. It's not too late. It's not too short. It's not too shallow. It lacks nothing. This is a love that you can dive into and it will sustain you and fill you. And that is what, you know what, when we talk about God's love, we're all talking about what we want. I want that, I want that, I want that. Give me that, give me that. But you're supposed to be producing it. If we're talking about God's love, it's one thing to everybody wants it, I want to feel that all the time. You should be, because it's being poured into you. But really the key of this message is, you want to abide in God's love, why? So that you're producing it to the world. We're the only faucets that there are in this world where someone can get a drink of God's love. It's you. It's a perfected love. And again, he's making us complete in it. There's a, there was a preacher, he was a prophetic guy named Bob Jones. Some of you follow him, I don't know a lot about him, but he had an experience where he was killed. He died, and he went before the Lord. And as he's standing before the Lord, he had noticed that those who were in line, God was asking them one question. Now, this is according to him in his story. It's a good story. I'm going to use it. Not everybody that dies and goes to heaven has uh, valid stories, okay? Some people are saying they're visiting heaven every other Thursday. Uh, just be careful of that, okay? But anyways, with this guy... It rang true. He said there was one question that Jesus kept asking them. Have you learned to love? God spared his life, brought him back, and he had a powerful ministry. But the one question he kept having was, have you learned to love? Could you imagine if that is the sum of all of the reason we're here? It doesn't have to do with how many people you've led to Christ, how many, how many crusades you ran, how much money you gave to the kingdom, uh, how many good works and good deeds you did. All that's wonderful and valuable. But the key here is, did you learn to love like Jesus loves? Did you love your wife or did you love your husband? Do you love your children? Do you love your neighbor? Have you learned to love like Jesus loves? Aren't we all supposed to be shaped into the image of Christ? And if he is the definition of love, a complete and perfect love, what should be developed in us? A love. A love that is patient. A love that is kind. A love that never boasts. Paul defines love in 1 Corinthians 13. A love that is pure. Now, there's a word for love in the Hebrew that is 
a deep, mysterious love. It's called chesed. Everybody go Very good. Chesed. In the New Testament, what's close to that is agape. It's a God love. It's a perfect love. Well, chesed love is a Hebrew word that we can't find the exact translation in Greek, certainly not in English. One of the first English Bibles, Miles Coverdale in 1535, he, he kept coming across this word. Chesed is in the Bible 248 times, and it's in the New Testament, 100, I'm sorry, it's in the Psalms 128 times. It was David's favorite word for God's love. And so in English, they had to come up with, with a hyphenated two-word description for this chesed. So in our English translations, you'll come across this word chesed in Hebrew, and it'll be translated faithful love, wonderful love, steadfast love, unfailing love, great love, but the best definition is covenant love. Why? Because it it is a love that says all that is mine is yours and all that is yours is mine and I am committed to you by my life. It doesn't matter what you feel about someone. God's steadfast love. David always called on covenant love because he may have messed up in sin but he knew God would not leave him. But God would restore him because God made a covenant with him. God made a covenant with Israel. God made a covenant with you through the most precious blood of his own son. This is a love that will never fail you, never be incomplete, never fall short. It's the chesed love of God. It is a covenant love. For God to ignore you and cut you off would be for him to cut off his own son. Because you are in Christ. It's a love that will never fail you. This is the kind of love. Can we begin modeling this kind of love? It's the deepest sense of an abiding love demonstrated through covenant commitment. And so if we're going to abide in the love of God, we need to do this. We need to understand what's being said. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. You see, chesed is covenantal love. Love in the Old Testament and in the New, understanding in the Hebrew mind, love is not an emotional based, it is a commitment of obedience. And so covenantal language would say this, If you love me, you will obey what I say. If you do not follow my teachings, covenantal language, you hate me. And so, let me share with you some scriptures. If you want to abide in the love of God, it's more than saying, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Ooh, I feel you. I love you, Jesus. That is not enough. For the love that you're to be abiding in. Because if it's emotionally based, we're on that roller coaster every day. It's got to be a rock solid committed love. 
And there's sometimes I don't want to praise, but I love you and I will follow after you. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. Well, I don't have to. Jesus is New Testament. There's no commandments with Jesus. He just loves us all the time, no matter what we do. It's grace, 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 grace. There's no commandments. Oh, I'm sorry. Did someone forget the Great Commission? And therefore, go, make disciples of all nations, right? Baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Teaching them, yeah, to obey. All that I have commanded. Oh, I didn't know that was on the Great Commission. I thought we just saved people. Come on to church. You're saved. Go to heaven. Party! You want to love? You want to walk in the mature love of God? Walk like Jesus. Obey your Father's every words. Obey and keep yourself abiding in His love. If you love me, what? That's a question. This morning it's a question for you and it's a question for me. If you love me, obey my commandments. That means some of you got to clean up your act. Some of you got to get some stuff out. Right? Some of you got to take care of the mess you're in. Because if you love me, right? In the West, we've got this Christianity that, yeah, emotionally I love Jesus. I love everything about him. He's so cool. I love him. He's nice. But I live a different way because that's just me. He, he gets me. Oops. There's a commercial for you during the Super Bowl. He gets us. His love is so great for us. He gets us. So you live the way you are, the way you've been made. We're all fallen and in sin. But he gets us. So here's the sense of Western church. He loves me. He loves me. And I'll do what I want because he loves me. But that's not what he says. He says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Because that's the proving out of whether you love him. I've told you this a million times. I'll tell it again. Because three people have never been here before. (laughs) This verse hit me like a lightning bolt when I'm raising my children. I was raising up my children and I remember telling them they needed to clean their room. And uh, I, uh, I don't know which kid it was. And I won't identify him. So, I remember saying, you know, I need you to clean your room up. It's a mess. Oh, I don't, Dad, I, come on, honey, clean up your room. It's a mess. I don't know. Okay, we'll start with the books. Let's put the books away. Then put all the doll, the characters, and the, the, put the crayons and the color. Put it all away. I'll be back if you come back. And, and as they put two books back, they discovered a new one they didn't see. And now they're reading the books. And it's like, come on, put your book away. I asked you to put your book away. Oh, Dad. Finally, I was getting mad after like the fifth time. It's like, I told you, put your stuff away. You need to put your stuff away. And then they, went th- they pulled this out. I love you. <laughs> the level of psychology that kids learn at a young age, man. Manipulation starts early. And so... I said, I know, I love you too. Put your stuff away. Uh, 
I love you, Dad. I love you. And I was like, I had it. And I said, look it. If you love me, you do what I would ask. And I had a Holy Ghost moment. (laughs) And I looked and I said, I better go clean my room. (laughs) But I mean, it's that simple. How do you abide in the love of God? Well, you stay warm and fuzzy, right? You get all the best devotionals. No, you know how you abide in the love of God? Obey Him. Walk in this loving commitment to Him. You gave your life to Him. Now He's asking you, and in fact commanding you, to walk like He walks. He goes on and says this, John says, He who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who, what? There seems to be a theme here. Am I right? And I will love him and will disclose myself to him. You want to know Jesus more? You want to know Jesus more? Buy more Christian CDs. You want to know Jesus more? Go to more seminars, watch more YouTubes. Do you think more information or more emotional tweaking is going to make you obey Him more? I don't know how else to say it, but this abiding in His love is He who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And I will love Him and will disclose myself to Him. If you love me, you'll do what I ask. And so what are some of the commands of God? Make disciples. Care. James put it this way, pure, pure religion, pure Christianity is caring for widows and orphans. Oh, I didn't even think about that. It's caring. It's walking as Jesus walked. A new commandment I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. That means be committed to each other. What's our level of commitment to each other? John goes on to say, if you keep my commandments... Oh, I already said that. Uh, Paul says, owe no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves one another has fulfilled the law. You're not supposed to owe anybody. Well, I guess that better get rid of my credit cards. I I didn't pay off my house yet, nor have I paid off my car, nor have I paid. I mean, I do owe people stuff, but I'm working at that. But what does he mean, oh man, no man, anything? It's, It's like the one thing, he's using it to contrast, the one thing we owe Get it? We owe everyone is what? Love. Why? Because God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe would not perish. So you and I got saved from that love. Now, what has He commanded us to do? Owe everyone that love. We owe everyone that love. I don't owe him nothing. I don't know that guy. Yes, you do. If you know Christ, you owe every person the love of God. 
Even those people that are weird and crazy and are mean and attacking me? Absolutely. Stop this war against types and files of people. Stop doing what the world's doing by identifying everybody either as their political party, their sexual orientation, or their philosophical point of view. Stop it! You owe all of them the love of God. There's only two phylums in the kingdom, saved or lost. That's it. Now I understand the distinctions of what we're fighting for, for truth and what is just and so forth. I get all that, but when it peels all away, oh, everyone love. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. Everything you do is out of love for God. Even your labor is for loving God. We're to love everyone. We fulfill the commandments. What's the greatest commandment? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and body, and to love your neighbor as yourself. This is the fulfillment of the law. And so, we're to obey Christ, we're to owe everyone, and we're to work and do everything in love to Him. Wow. Yeah, but if I give out that much love, who's going to love me? Well, first of all, the love you're giving away is being poured into your heart by an eternal pouring out. It's never going to cease. You always have the love of God on your side. But I'm telling you this, the more you pour out love to everybody else, you're going to find yourself having a lot of people loving you. Hmm. I like what St. Augustine said. I'm paraphrasing it because in the old uh, Latin, it's hard to understand. He said this, one, love, one loves God too little if they love anything together with God, which is not loved for God's sake. Now that's a little, that's a little tongue, you know, it's a little hard. You've got some Yoda stuff going on there. One loves God too little if you love anything together with God. There's no room. It's not God and my wife. It's not God and my children. It's not God and me. But what you love is everything for God's sake. And so everything flows from God's love. So I can love Everything else, because God's love fills me and I bring everything to God in love. Therefore, my love is much more made complete. I conclude with this. Paul defines love in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. I would encourage you to read it. It's the definition of what love is. It's really the definition of Jesus. And then I'd like you to read it three times. I'd like you to read 1 Corinthians okay, 13, verses 4 to 8 today. Read it once to see what it's saying about love. And you're going to go, oh, love, that's awesome. Now I want you to read it putting the name of Jesus there for love. Then I want you to read it again and put your name there. Because that's what we're working towards. 
And the last statement he says is, love never fails. That word is the same word as the sense of the chesed. It is a covenant love. It cannot quit. It never falls short. It's complete. God's love will not fail you. Yeah, but he didn't do this for me. He didn't do that for me. Because he loves you. But he didn't answer the prayers the way I wanted them answered. I'll tell you why. It's because he loves you. And it's an aspect that we don't get yet. But will you trust him? His love will never quit. His love will never fail. And when you begin to recognize that and realize he's not failing me. I don't understand what's going on. I can't feel it emotionally. I'm not touching the, the, the understanding completely. But I know one thing. His love never fails. And that will fill you up. Because God's love is being poured into your heart continually. His faithfulness to you. He never sleeps nor slumbers. He intercedes for you day and night, ministering His love and His commitment to you. He saved you. He is giving you everything He has. And He wants you to respond in that same fashion. Amen? I close with this. Peter puts this beautiful illustration together. And he says, above all. Okay? That's hard to understand. What do you think it means? I don't know, I don't know what you put as important. I don't know how you rank and rate different things in your understanding. But above all that. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly. That word keep, right? We're to abide in the love of God. We're to abide. We're to keep loving. We're to keep loving. That word keep means to stretch your muscles as far as they can go. Strain yourself. Keep loving one another. Keep loving one another. And then he adds an adjective. How much? Earnestly. Fervently. With all you got. And how many of you know it takes that? Above everything else. Church of the Lord Jesus Christ. The called out ones. The ecclesia. Church. Above everything else. Above all other doctrines. Above all other works. Above everything else you can do. Demonstrate my love to one another. Be faithful to one another. Be committed to one another. When you offend one another, work it out. Because you're supposed to keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. Boy, it would sure feel good to just stay angry with that person and keep them out of your life. But love will not allow that. Because God doesn't do that to you. I understand there's some people that you're not going to reconcile with and it's not, you're not going to become friends again. But you can love them. You can be committed to pray for them. You can be committed to their 
well-being. And if the church doesn't get this right, close the doors, go home. What are we representing? A belief system? What good is a belief system if it's not bearing the fruit of God's love? Don't tell me the love of God is some kind of a wishy-washy message. This is the pinnacle of the message. Build your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, and abide in the love of God. That's what the church needs to do in 2024. Are you with me? Come on. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Stand with me this morning. Thank you, Lord. Lift your hands up. Paul describes this as lifting holy hands. Lifting holy hands. It ascribes glory to the Lord and it postures ourselves to receive. It says, God, you, we value you more than anything else. We love you more than ourselves. Oh God, I pray today for this congregation that you will pour and continue to pour, Holy Spirit. Lavish upon everyone in this room your love. Oh, how we desperately need it, God. Oh God, we need to know this love. We need to trust this love more than ourselves. God, I need something outside of me because I'm a wreck. I need your perfect, complete love upon me. Teach me how to love like you. Teach me how to love like you. Can you say that to them? Teach me how to love like you. Oh God, teach us. And above everything else, may we love one another earnestly. Cover the multitude of sins between us, God. Cover us. Cover us. And may we obey your commands and follow after you. And may we owe all men and women this love that you've given us. So God, I, I ask you right now, seal it. Pour it upon us. Lavish us in this love. In Jesus' mighty and holy name. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's love him. Let's praise him. Let's adore him. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. We love you, Lord. Oh, we love you. How we love you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Before we close this morning, let me ask this question. Is there anybody here who's never accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior? You don't, you don't know what it's like having this love poured into your soul. Is there anyone here that wants to receive Jesus as their Savior? Lift your hand up. You've never asked Him before. Anybody here this morning? Amen. All right, then this morning in this place, we have a group of people who are all filled with the love of God. Abiding in it, and now we're going to grow the fruit of it. Amen.